Since the inception of the new format of the CrossFit Games, we've seen a swift introduction of the GHG sit-up into what has become the early stages of the season. And prior to this, GHDs were largely reserved for the games and other in-person high-level competitions where there's a, a bigger prize purse, like there's just more prize money so they can afford like a fleet of GHDs because they're not a cheap thing. But since we've now seen the GHD sit up at every level except the Open, we now have this huge population of people who really for the first time has put concerted effort into developing their capacity for GHD sit-ups. I was one of those athletes. And I've put a lot of time and thought into how to build GHD setup capacity for myself as an athlete, but also for the athletes that I coach. And today I want to share with you how I think about building GHD setup capacity. The fitness movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. We offer coaching and individualized program design, as well as educational content for coaches and athletes. It's all at one place, ZorFitness.com. So today we're going to be going over four eight-week progressions to build GHG sit-up capacity. Now, I'm going to have these listed out on the website in the show notes. If you're someone who wants to visualize them, or if you actually want to do them and actually see it written out so you can copy and paste it, you can check it out on the show notes. It'll always be at zorfitness.com slash podcast slash 092 or the episode number. Yeah, things that I'm not going to be covering here. I'm not going to be covering the setup of the GHD. So in other words, your butt pad relative to the foot plate, right? That distance. Things like that are extremely important and will dramatically in increase or <laughs> deteriorate your capacity and your uh, muscular endurance ability if you don't have it set up correctly. So make sure you check that out too. I'll link to that as well as I'll link to our movement page on the GHD setup, which covers things like the actual technique of the movement itself, what the elite athletes are doing, you know, what their arms are doing, the vision of it, how to breathe properly in the actual GHD setup to, to, maximize your capacity. So I'm not going to be going over any of those sort of finer points today. This is strictly a capacity approach uh, in this podcast. I'm going to be going through very linear, very relatively vanilla <laughs> progressions. However, I think these are totally appropriate. If you're someone who actually does want to run any of these, be sure to like reach out to me, let me know how they go and stuff. And we'll, we'll yeah, I'm actually really curious to see if anybody uh, does these, because I think these could be really good quality progressions to run. Um, so let me know if you use them again, you can tag me at Zor fitness on Instagram, uh, and you can email me Ben at ZorFitness.com. So let's get into it. First progression. The number one place to start is always building up your volume tolerance, right? GHG sit-ups are notorious for getting people super sore, crazy doms, especially through their abs. And you're going through this high eccentric catching phase where you're also in the lengthened portion all those things are just a perfect recipe for getting you super sore when you do them. So if you're not tolerant of it because you haven't done them a lot in the past, that's where I would start, right? So I would start pretty much everybody on that volume building progression and just slowly increasing the number of reps you're doing and not doing that in a fatigued format, not doing that when you're breathing super hard, literally just accumulating quality reps and trying to focus on the quality as you go about accumulating the volume. That way, that volume is accumulated in a less expensive way. So uh, let's get into it. Week number one would be every two minutes for five sets, 12 GHDs. That's a volume of 60. 
I think that's a pretty good threshold to start a, a relatively new person who hasn't done GHDs before or hasn't done them in any real capacity before, starting somewhere around maybe the 60 to 75 threshold, depending on what type of person that is, probably makes sense. The next week, every two minutes for six sets, 12 GHD. Just added one set to 72 total reps as the volume. Next week, every two minutes for seven sets, 12 GHDs. So now we're at 84. Next week, every two minutes for eight sets, 12 GHDs. We're now at 96. Week five, we're going to switch this over to every two and a half minutes just because the volume is continuing to increase. I don't think you're going to be able to adapt in that same linear rate. So I give you a little bit more rest, just an extra 30 seconds, still 12 GHDs. This time, as I said, nine sets, 108 total reps. Every 230 for 10 sets, 12 GHDs for a total of 120 reps. Week number seven, every 230 for 11 sets, eight, every 230 for 12 sets, and you ended at 144 as the, as the volume. I think ending somewhere around that 150 threshold, I think that's sort of uh, appropriate for most people as functional volume in sport if you are sort of a quarterfinals level athlete, right? I think having the ability, at least in your back pocket, to do 150 GHDs in a workout, if it of it, if it's asked of you, is probably a, a good idea to kind of have that. I don't think it's necessary to build past, you know, 175 or so. I we saw 180 in 2021 quarterfinals. I don't think we're going to see that kind of volume again. Um, however, I could be wrong. So use your discretion there. So that was our volume building progression. That's where I would start for most people. I think it just makes sense to start there. Uh, next would be slowly increasing the the density of the work that you're doing. And this is really driving adaptation for more so muscular endurance. So this is assuming that each of these reps are going to take someone about two seconds. So it could be two seconds or a little bit over two seconds, likely as someone starts to fatigue a little bit. But doing 30 reps a minute is pretty average if you're cruising through uh, GHDs and not trying to sprint them. So week number one, every 230 for 12 sets, 12 GHDs. If you didn't notice, that was the exact same place that we left off the last progression. So it's still 144 in terms of volume. Again, assuming that those are two seconds of rep, that's going to leave you with 126 seconds of rest. Week two, every 215 for 12 sets, you're having 111 seconds of rest. And then each of these weeks, we're going to trim it back 15 seconds. So we went 2.30, now we're going every 2.15, now we're going every two minutes, then every 1.45, every 1.30, every 1.15, and then an EMOM on that last, or actually that's technically week seven. So the rest of this is going from 126 seconds to 111 to 96 to 81 to 66 to 51 to 36 by the time you're getting to that EMOM. So the rest is just getting pruned down progressively, which is going to increase the density of the work that you're doing. It's going to improve or require more of that muscular endurance component. And then week eight, I think it's appropriate at this point, if you haven't yet, to test it out a little bit, right? So I just like giving a very simple test of 100 GH sit-ups for time. Uh, if you're sub five, it probably means that you can actually tolerate the volume of that 100 uh, reps. And if not, I would probably kind of stay in more of a, a non-fatigued environment and just work on doing, yeah, bigger sets under low fatigue. But I think that would make sense if you're not really under that five minutes yet to kind of hold yourself back a little bit. And in the long run, that'll, that'll definitely be something that's helpful to hold yourself back a little bit. So we went volume building, then we went muscular endurance. 
Next, we're going to go a chunking progression. So chunking, again, is just referring to the number of reps that you're asked to do at a time. It was something that I brought up a lot in our gymnastics density episode. I'll link to that if people aren't really familiar with the, the term chunking. Um, it's a pretty simple concept, just like how many, how many are you doing in a row? So for each of these sets, I'm going to be now referring to these as, you know, 10 sets of 15 reps, for example. For each of the sets that you do, you're going to rest on the air bike two minutes in between. So you would do in this first week, it's 10 sets of 15. That's 150 total reps. You're going to be riding the air bike for two minutes in between each of those 10 sets. So that's your rest time. So week one, as I said, was 10 by 15. Week two is nine sets of 17. Each of these weeks, we're just going to increase the chunking by two. So it went from 15 in a set to 17 in a set. Next, the third week three will be 19 in a set, 21 in a set, 23, 25, and then 30 on week seven. And in contrast to that, the sets are going to be going down. So as the reps go up and those climb by two, the sets are going to go down by one. So it's going to go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4 for the sets. So that just kind of gives you a rough layout. Again, week two was nine sets of 17 for a volume of 153. Week three was eight sets of 19 reps for a volume of 152. Week four, seven sets of 21 reps for a volume of 147. Week uh, five was six reps of 20 or six sets of 23 reps, a volume of 138. Week five was five sets of 25 reps for a volume of 125. Week seven was four sets of 30 reps, and that is a volume of 120. So the other thing that I want people to pay attention to is generally this is going from more volume to less volume as the chunking increases. So as they're going 15, 17, 19, 21, 23, 25, 30 on the chunking, the volume is going, you know, at week two, it's 153, week three, 152, 147, 138, 125, 120. That's slowly getting pruned back. So as sets are coming down, as the reps are increasing, volume is coming down slightly to mirror that as well because the density of that work is just going to be really high. Okay. Week eight, another retest, 100 GHG setups for time. Okay, so that was our third one. So we went through volume tolerance building. Then it was muscular endurance where we're increasing or decreasing the rest between those sets. Chunking where we're increasing the reps in each of those sets. And then lastly, we're going to go to fatigue and interference. This is still interval based. So it's not like you're doing Metcons just yet. I would say that's probably the next thing that you could do. Start to mix it more so back into testers of things that truly mimic the sport and be able to actually prepare for your competitive season if that's kind of rolling around at this point. So this last one is called fatigue and interference. So systemic fatigue and muscular interference. So it's your ability to continue to do reps as you're breathing hard and also as you're doing other non-complementary movement patterns where there is redundancy in the patterning. So for example, a ski and a GHG sit-up, they're both using a lot of the core and hip flexion. So it's important that you have those muscular endurance qualities there. So week one and week eight are going to be the same in this progression. They're going to be a test. It's five rounds for time, 25 calorie ski, 25 GHG sit-up. Very simple, very effective test of fatigue and interference. Week two is every four minutes for seven sets, 20 for males, 15 for ladies, calories on the air bike, and 20 GHD sit-ups. 
that should give people roughly a one-to-one work rest. And that's sort of the goal of most of these uh, intervals throughout the, the eight-week progression. Week number three, every four minutes for seven sets, 25 or 20 calorie row and 20 GHD sit-ups. So we moved the air bike to a row. We increased the calories a little bit. That's really just to offset uh, the time it's going to take on the or Typically, uh, calories on the row are going to go a little quicker in a more enduring format than on the air bike. Week four, every four minutes for seven sets, 25 or 20, respectively, calories on the ski erg and 20 GHD sit-ups. So again, we went air bike, rower, now that was ski erg. Again, it's very little interference on the air bike, moderate interference on the rower because you're having to use your hip flexors to kind of sit back up as you uh, come out of the row stroke, and then calories on the ski erg, which is very redundant patterning, uh, is going to use a lot of the same uh, musculature of the core. Week number five, 30 wall balls, 25 GHG sit-ups. So now we're going to a more acyclical movement where we have uh, moving some external load. However, we're keeping the same amount of GHG sit-ups, and that's really going to spike someone's heart rate and really make them breathe, but there's not a lot of muscular interference there. Week six, every four minutes for six sets, 10 burpees over the rower, 15 calorie row, 20 GHG sit-ups. So people often don't realize how much of the anterior core burpees actually use. It requires a lot of trunk stiffness and rigidity to actually do burpees effectively. So burpees over the rower definitely use quite a bit of core. Rowing still uses some core. GHG sit-ups, obviously that's going to accumulate a lot of fatigue. But there are certainly some redundancy in that patterning, but it's not a crazy amount. Week number seven, every four minutes for seven sets, 15 calorie ski, 15 bar facing burpee, 15 GHD. So it's, you know, press and anterior to the body, anterior to the body and press. And then once again, the GHD sit up where it's a lot of quad and uh, abs as well. So that redundancy is really high. There's a ton of interference. People are going to be slowed down a lot because of that. Uh, however, at that point, you've had a lot of exposures and hopefully you've adapted to it pretty well. And then week eight is that retest five rounds for time, 25 calorie ski, 25 GHD sit-ups. So there you have it. I mean, that would be 32 weeks worth of progressions if you were to go through that. Uh, if you do steal any of these and use that, don't feel bad about it. Again, be sure to let me know. I'd be curious about how they actually go. Um, I wrote these progressions for this podcast. However, I likely will be using them some in the future for my athletes to just kind of Again, keep it really simple. A linear progression is often the best solution for things like this, where we got a, a particular problem that an athlete's dealing with to keep things very controlled and very systematic to make sure that we're improving and ultimately to build your GHD sit-up capacity. Thanks for listening today. If you're someone who just found the show, I would encourage you to subscribe so you can stay up to date. If you're someone who's been listening for a while and enjoying what you're hearing, I would encourage you to leave a rating or a review for the show. It would definitely help us out. And lastly, if you're someone who does take your fitness seriously and cares about your performance deeply, I would encourage you to look into hiring one of our coaches. Until next time, stay the course.